0: Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy.
1: Thanks for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journeys podcast hosted by the new Practitioners Forum, Practice Advancement and Advocacy Advisory Group. This podcast invites members to share their stories about the professional path, lessons learned, and how their experiences shaped who and where they are today. My name is Zach Gunter, and today we will be chatting with Michelle Estevez, Kimberly Mehta, Aaron Steffenhagen, and Josie Quick uh, about the ASHP policy process, council involvement, why policy is important, and how new practitioners can get involved. Thank you all for joining us today. I'll start off with, tell us a little bit about your pharmacy background and your role on ASHP Council, and Michelle, we will start with you.
2: Hi, Zach. Thanks so much for having us here and uh, joining you for this really interesting topic. My name is Michelle Estevez. I am an alumni of the University of Colorado. I completed a PGY-1 and PGY-2 with Lee Health, where I serve as a pharmacy manager for an emergency uh, department team as well as an outpatient pharmacy. I'm serving on my second year and as the vice chair for the Council on Education and Workforce Development.
3: Good afternoon. Uh, My name is Kim Mena. I'm the current director of value-based population health pharmacy and quality enablement at Highmark Health. Uh, After graduating pharmacy school at the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy, I completed a two-year health system pharmacy administration residency and took several leadership positions that really related to medication safety, operations, regulatory quality, and uh, now population health. During that time, I served in numerous capacities within ASHP and the ASHP state affiliates, including serving on the Council of Public Policy for ASHP, where I'm currently serving as the vice chair. I've also served as a state affiliate leadership, including board positions, and my current position as president-elect of the Pennsylvania Society of Health System Pharmacists, or PSHP. As a leader within PSHP, I have served as a PA delegate in the ASHP House of Delegates.
4: Hi, this is Josie Quick, and I am currently an inventory specialist at Sanford Health. I am a pharmacy technician, and I've had a very diverse background getting started in retail and also working in, like, the long-term care and hospital, and then I worked in nuclear for a little while before coming back to hospital, where I really, truly thrive, um, my involvement with ASHP, um, it started with the pharmacy technician form, and I've served on a couple different of their advisory groups, both the membership outreach and e-communications, and then also the practice advancement and advocacy. Um, I am currently a technician member on the Council of Pharmacy Practice.
0: Thank you, Josie. Uh, I, as well, am on the Council of Pharmacy Practice. This is Aaron Steppenhagen. I am from Wisconsin originally, and I'm serving as my third and final year on the council. Uh, Initially from Wisconsin, School of Pharmacy at Wisconsin. UPMC residency in Pittsburgh, and then I transitioned to emergency medicine practice, where I have transitioned now into the role of a clinical pharmacy manager at UW Health in Madison, Wisconsin. As I said, this is my final year of three years on the Council of Practice. Um, Previously, having been involved with practice advancement through the section of clinical specialists and scientists, I've also served as a chair role there, and being a chair of a section also allows to be a delegate for the section as well. Thank you
1: all very much for introductions and for joining us today. Second, we will ask, what are the councils and how did you all get involved? And we will start with Michelle again.
2: Yeah, great Uh, great question to start us off on on how we got where we are. Uh, So as I mentioned in my introduction, I am currently serving on my second year on the Council uh, for Education and Workforce Development. uh, And it's also my first year serving as the vice chair, which is really exciting. Uh, I actually got involved with being on the council um, purely because I was looking for some way to be involved at a higher level within our practice. Um, I went on to ASHP noticed that they were looking for a a call for candidates uh, in the council members. I saw the education and workforce development, which is a huge passion uh, for me. If you talk to anyone who knows me well, knows that continuous professional development and any type of staff development is right up my alley. So It just worked out well that that was um, one particular council that ASHP finds it to be important enough to be its own council. I applied, had um, a mentor also write me a letter of recommendation uh, and was able to uh, be selected to serve on that council for the first year. And I would argue to say that my engagement with the council and just being very excited for the topics that I was involved with is what uh, allowed me to then be selected for a second year as well as serving as the uh, vice chair. The application cycle, just to give a heads up, if anyone is interested in looking at this, we are going to be coming up uh, here in just a few months. So in September will be the start of the application cycle. Uh, This will be just around policy week. You can self-nominate just as the way that I did for myself, um, or you can be nominated by another. And they're always seeking uh, diversity within the different council member groups. So if you think you have a really unique perspective, it's definitely worth considering uh, if you're looking to get involved.
4: Hi, this is Josie, and I am a pharmacy technician, and I did as Michelle Head, and I self-nominated to be a part of the pharmacy technician advisory groups, and I first was put on the um, membership outreach and e-communications, and then now I've been serving on practice advancement and advocacy in that, and then for now, like, I am also on the Council on Pharmacy practice. And that was something I was really excited to be a part of. Last year was the first year that pharmacy technicians were added to these councils. So that was super exciting and it was very welcoming. Everyone has you know, regarded most of the technicians on all of the councils with open arms and they value our opinions and our point of views on things. And that's been really exciting.
2: So, Josie, with that that piece and, and thinking about the involvement of technicians last year with having a tech on the council on education for workforce development, it was so amazing to be able to get another perspective in uh, because really when we look at the workforce, we can't we can't look at just pharmacists. It's definitely uh, an area where our pharmacy technicians are uh, extremely valuable, so super glad that you were able to join the group, and I would say all counselors are probably just as welcoming and eager to have pharmacy technicians participate.
1: Thank you, Michelle and Josie. Uh, Moving to the next question, let's talk about how does an idea become a policy? And uh, we will move to Kim for this one.
3: Yeah, thanks Zach. So I think before we start with how does an idea become a policy, we need to take a second and understand what is a policy. And so an ASHP policy position is a short statement that addresses pharmacy practice with the ultimate goal of improving patient outcomes. And a link to more information on policy statements and guidelines can be found in the notes to this episode. So if a member has an idea, or a pharmacist has an idea, they can be proposed to members for these policy positions that can occur in numerous ways, including speaking directly to a council or section member, so somebody who is involved. You can email ASHP directly, you can speak to a delegate that's in the House of Delegates, or you can have a discussion with any ASHP staff member ideas proposed by members are discussed by ASHP council sections or forums which make recommendations to the board based on these ideas. The ASHP policy week serves as the kickoff to the ASHP policymaking process and really is the foundation of ASHP's advocacy efforts. Nearly 100 members serve on five policy recommending councils for two days and discuss the profession's most pressing issues. And we'll discuss a little bit more about what's currently going on in the councils later in our our, uh, episode. The result of this is the formation of recommendations and policies that are key part of ASHP's advocacy efforts and form the basis of outreach to decision makers like Congress, quality organizations. The big barriers to this process is really understanding that these policies are intended to be aspirational to the profession. And not necessarily within the box of what you're dealing with today. So people tend to think a lot of, I can't get over this issue because of X, Y, and Z, or there's a big barrier in the way for the professional pharmacy. And so we wouldn't be able to do that. But these policy statements are designed to get outside of that box and say, if all of those barriers weren't there, what would our aspirations really be for this policy? And that's what the policy statements are intended to be drafted around.
0: That's a great summary to that, Kim. I'll elaborate on that a little bit further. So what also occurs is there's the House of Delegates that meets in person annually in June as part of the ASHP summer meeting. And this is where delegates from across the country serving their state's ASHP membership views meet in person composed of two events or two meetings where up to nearly 30 policy proposals are vetted, considered, and then ultimately approved through this House of Delegates. Uh, additionally, during the House of Delegates, there is an open forum that occurs. Uh, this allows ASHP members time to bring up any matter of concern, any emerging issues, or any areas of practice that want addressed by ASHP leadership. Um, additionally, as far as related to the policies themselves, how long it takes to get a policy approved. Uh, there's multiple means for policies to get approved, and I would encourage you to take a look at the podcast show notes that kind of goes over in a little bit more detail the overview of an ASHP policy process. Uh, But with this, a policy may be as fast as three to six months, but I would say on average it takes about a year to 18 months to get approved. And this allows for the necessary input to be gained, thoughtful deliberation, and then support across the ASHP membership to develop a policy that is well solidified and that can live on through the years. Um, Additionally, there's the board of directors input that occurs so uh, they have the ultimate say as far as giving additional guidance before a policy is finalized and then throughout the policy development process over that six months or that 18 month process they give additional guidance or ask good questions along the way to really make a good policy.
1: Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Kim. We'll ask this question to each panelist. What are you currently advocating for in your ASHP council or any recent proposals your council is working on? And again, we'll start with Michelle.
2: Uh, In serving on the Council for Education and Workforce Development, uh, our purview lies with education and training. So that's anywhere from student to postgraduate training, as well as technician development, uh, looking at both specialization and credentialing. And then, uh, probably a, a big topic or a hot topic is that uh, workforce supply and demand right now. Uh, some of the most recent policies that we've been reviewing and, and looking at again were education and training and digital health, which uh, the way that AI has been taking the world by storm has been a, a good topic for us to review within our council, as well as well being and resilience of the pharmacy workforce. So, when we talk about having that workforce supply and demand, Uh, We want to ensure that our profession is seen as a profession where our um, staff are not being burnt out and trying to provide care for others, but uh, are supported and are definitely thriving. Uh, Next, I'll pass it off to Kim to talk about her uh, council and their involvement.
3: Thanks, Michelle. Um, So I am entering my second year on the Council of Public Policy and will be serving as the vice chair this year. Uh, I was very passionate about both public health and population health. And if you know anything about me, you know that I'm a pretty big policy nerd. Uh, and so, this really, the entire uh, Public uh, Policy Council is really right up my alley. Uh, with the focus on federal laws and regulations, uh, state laws and regulations, and the analysis of public proposals that are aimed to address important health issues professional liability as defined by the courts. And so some of the current topics that we are discussing, uh, again, to Michelle's point, we are also talking about artificial intelligence within the practice of pharmacy and how that's utilized, um, interstate pharmacy licensure, which is near and dear to all of us, uh, as well as any state and federal regulation and their impact to the access to care. And I will pass it off to Aaron to talk about his counsel.
0: Thank you, Kim. Uh, as a member of the Council on Pharmacy Practice, uh, the purview of this council is related to the practice care of individual patients, activities in public health, quality, standards, ethics, interprofessional and public relations, and there's a number of topics that we've covered three years that i have been in this council. Uh, One of them that I was intimately involved with and passionate about was developing a policy on auto verification of medications. Here's an example of one that really pushed practice forward and as Kim mentioned before it um, initially when we started we weren't aspirational enough and that's where we got advice and input from other section leadership as well as the board of directors to try to push practice forward and that allowed us to be more aspirational in the ultimate policy that was developed in the end. Also, that's extremely beneficial in the policy development process is having technician input as well. So Josie Quick, who is also on this podcast today, is a member of this council.
1: Thank you all. Some exciting topics and great proposals you and your councils are currently working on here. Uh, Moving on to question five. um, What additional opportunities exist outside of the ASHP policy process for members to engage in practice advancement and advocacy. And once again, Michelle, we will start with you for this question.
2: Thanks, Saki. Uh, really great question because I, I think that there's plenty of opportunities for um, others to get involved uh, in advancing practice as well as advocacy. Uh, one thing that I advocate uh, to new practitioners and just really anyone looking for opportunities is to start to engage with other practitioners in your area at the regional level. Uh, So most state affiliations do have a a regional group that you can participate in that might be attending CE sessions um, or any other type of networking sessions, and this really allows you to identify um, what others are doing in their practice and then as well as what barriers or challenges we're seeing that we need advocacy for. The other piece is, is knowing who your representatives for your area are, and then as well as engaging with the Board of Pharmacy. They're not nearly as scary as I think we're made to believe that they are, but a huge, um, huge group that obviously a great connections with can allow you to determine what advancements are practical, as well as how can you continue to advocate for our profession. Erin, what are your thoughts?
0: Thanks, Michelle. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about the kind of the local level or even the institutional level. So, uh, we've all worked on a number of projects. Um, many out there have done some publications already as well. But uh, at the organizational level, push practice boundaries forward. So, whether that's where we want to go or where we need to go as a profession, uh, and then equally important is to publish that work. This published work then can be shared with others, replicated elsewhere for practice advancement. And then also even with policy development, this is where we look at the literature to support some of the policies that we develop. uh, And referencing that work goes a long way in the policy development process. Um, With this, also collaborate with others. So uh, your own organization, look at where you can collaborate within uh, providers uh, or nursing or other stakeholders that can help support the pharmacy practice aspects for advancement. Thank you,
1: Michelle. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Our final question here is, how can new practitioners become more involved and stay up to date on policy development? And we'll change it up. Kim, we'll go to you first on this one.
3: Zach, I, I recommend to all new practitioners to get involved with their state affiliates for ASHP. And there's many reasons why getting involved with your state affiliate organization is just a great opportunity for your career as well as for um, getting involved with policy and advocacy efforts. I mean, the first is really just building a network of colleagues throughout your state that, you know, through ASHP can really expand nationwide. But it also enables you to understand what's going on in your state from an advocacy perspective, and can help you to bridge into becoming a delegate for ASHP through your state affiliate organization. Uh, so, talking, pivoting a little bit, uh, talking about the House of Delegates, it is made up of uh, about 160 delegates uh, elected by ASHP members through these state affiliate organizations. Uh, the delegate numbers actually correspond to the ASHP members that are within each state. If you're interested in becoming a delegate, again, besides engaging within the the state organization, it's important to understand what the commitment is as well as what the expectations are of a delegate. Um, so you really have to understand the issues that are going on within the House of Delegates, which we outlined some of the um, you know some of the topics that are going through the Council today. But those continue to progress uh, and they continue to you know expand and and take on you know whatever's really going on within the policy and advocacy efforts of ASHP as well as. What's really reflected from the state affiliates? Um, You know, understanding what the ASHP members in their state and the feelings around this, so being able to communicate with other members of your state affiliate organization uh, or other pharmacist members uh, within the state to understand, you know, what are their thoughts on those policy recommendations. Uh, You do have to participate in the sessions of the House of Delegates, and that's two virtual sessions as well as two live meetings. Uh, participating in the regional delegate conference and then participating uh, within the House of Delegates and reporting back to the ASH2 members in the state about the outcomes of the meetings and understanding, you know, what those policy um, decisions and, and
2: expectations were. With that, um, just to add to some of what Kim was uh, discussing, there with serving as a delegate. The other piece is um, looking to actually get involved in that council, because there are uh, meetings that are happening that are closed off to only those who are uh, members of that council. So I mentioned earlier in the podcast that the um, application cycle opens up in September. So if there's any particular uh, council or even just area of ACHP that you find to be interesting, uh, throw yourself in the hat for it. Give yourself a self-nomination. See if you can find somebody who could help write a letter of support for you. Uh, all of these are ways that you can um, hear more about what are some policies that are being developed within ASHP, as well as uh, sharing your thoughts and practice wisdom that you've gained thus far to help uh, change how we practice, or at least how we advocate for how we practice.
1: Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Michelle. And uh, that's all the time we have today. And I want to thank Michelle Estevez, Kimberly Meta, Erin Stephan Hagen, and Josie Quick for joining us today and sharing their story. Join us here at ASHP Official and the Practice Journey podcast as we learn about how our members seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers.
0: Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe rate or leave a review. Join us next time on ASH.